Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast, where we journey down the path of the modern homesteading movement by sharing the stories and ideas of homesteaders around the world. So whether you're just thinking about someday living the homesteading lifestyle or have been for many years, we want to help everyone homestead today for a better tomorrow. Hello and welcome to another episode of Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and today's guest is Jen Sharpen. You might know her best as Jen from the easyhomestead.com. Um, Jen and I had this conversation a couple days ago and she shares with us uh, you know, what got her into homesteading and why she believes it's a much healthier lifestyle for one to live. But before we jump into that conversation, let me just uh, first talk about a couple other things. Um, first, thanks to everyone who's been downloading and sharing this podcast. I'm kind of blown away. It's really just getting started, and we've had some great download numbers and some great feedback already. And uh, if you want, um, go into iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, we'd really appreciate any reviews you'd leave us, and uh, that'd be great. Uh, second, thanks to everyone who's been following us on Facebook and Twitter and signing up on our email list. You know, lately we just had a lot of people signing up, and it's just been great. We've been getting some some uh, great comments and um, just had a lot of people signing up, and that's just been, you know, we're really humbled and thankful um, to have you sharing and what's going on at the Small Town Homestead. If you're interested in signing up for any of this stuff, go to facebook.com slash smalltownhomestead for our Facebook account. On Twitter, we're at sthomestead. And uh, for our email list, just go to smalltownhomestead.com and sign up, and um, you can stay up to date on what's happening around here. Well, with all that, let's just uh, let's get on to the conversation I had with Jen. Well, welcome, Jen, to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. Thank you. Uh, I was just wondering if you could take a few minutes and uh, tell our listeners, uh, you know, just a little bit about yourself and how you got into homesteading, and, and you know, ultimately a little about your homestead. Okay. Well, my name's Jen again, and I'm from the Easy Homestead dot com, and we actually just moved to Virginia um, from the state of South Carolina last month. We've actually been here for exactly one month today. Um, what got us into the initial home setting was my mom actually died of cancer um, back in 2012, actually May, and I lived in Florida, born and raised my entire life, and I met my husband there, we went to high school together, I went to college there, and we decided we just wanted to do something different, so we moved to South Carolina, which, you know, sight unseen, mm. we just got on the internet, found something we like, faxed everything over to the real estate company, not seeing it. I wouldn't recommend that, but we it worked out really well for us. Yeah, that's a um, bold move. It was very bold. We actually did it at our new house here, too. I guess that's just our MO. I'm not really sure, but I guess this is what we do. But it's worked out well for us. But, you know, in moving, we, we just wanted something more rural where our kids could, you know, kind of play outside because in mm-hmm. Florida where we lived, it was kind of like I could see my neighbors right through my window, and it was just like you had no privacy. And that's what made us really move. Mm-hmm. But then, and we moved in December of 2011, and then we had found out in August of 2011 that my mom had cancer for the second time. And this was a different kind than she had from the um first time that she had cancer and then August of 2011 we found out she had it she did chemo and everything like that and it was around I want to say December 2011 January it was right after we moved so it was January um the chemo we found out did not work and it had spread and you know so 
We offered, my mom's oncologist offered to give her, I think, four to six more weeks of chemo, which would have given her six more months. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was in January, February of 2012, and she ended up dying in May of 2012. And just one day, my dad was in the hospital with my mom, and him and the oncologist were talking in the hallway, and he just said, you know, doctor, what what do you think this, like, everyone has cancer. It's like one in four people, one in five. What do you think it is? And he said, look at our food system. And my dad was kind of like, what? Kind of like when he told me. I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And that's just what started our homesteading journey. You know, after a month after my mom died, that kind of, that whole conversation with him, and he's a doctor, an oncologist, you know, that works with cancer patients, and that was the first thing out of his mouth. So I was like, what? So I started watching documentaries on Netflix and, you know, things like that after the kids would go to bed at night, and it was just like, what? Like, I couldn't believe it because my mom, when I was growing up, was not the type to, like, just feed us frozen foods or this. She always, she worked. She worked all the time, sometimes 12 hours a day, but she would come home and make sure that we had a meat, a vegetable, a starch, like a hot meal all the time, home cooked. She was a great cook. So it wasn't like we were being thrown, you know, frozen foods or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. She thought she was feeding us good food, and this whole time she wasn't. And that's really what started our homesteading journey, was just that comment from her doctor. So it just took you down a path of uh, you know, just growing your own food and raising your own meat. and uh... it started with chickens, oh. as usual, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I... And then, yeah, I actually have a black thumb. I actually, with my first child, killed a cactus while I was pregnant. And I'm like, great, what kind of mother am I going to be if I can't even keep a cactus in Florida? Right? My husband, he's the gardener, and I'm learning from him, but... I love animals, so he I do that part, and, you know, he helps me, and then he does the gardening, and we help prepare it and plant it, and he's teaching me more about that. It's not mm-hmm. something, I didn't grow up with a garden, I didn't, you know, I just, like I said, I call a cactus, so. <laughs> it does take some practice. Well, what uh, what caught my eye about your story is I read your about page on your on your uh, website, and, uh, and it, uh, you know, kind of hit home for me because a few years ago, I kind of went through the same thing. I uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and um, the doctors told me the same thing. Uh, you know, this food oh, really? It's, yeah, it's our food system, and, you know, it's the, the things we give the animals, and you're eating meat. And at the time, I was an over-the-road truck driver, so I'm eating out, you know, twice a day. Right. So I'm getting a lot of the bad stuff, you know. And uh, it really opened my eyes up to it as well, and it, it kind of set me down the same path. So I, I really related to that. Wow, well, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I'm glad that you're here, though. Oh, yeah, it's uh, been been a good recovery, and things have been going well, but it definitely took a lifestyle change. It's surprising, though, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like like I said, my mother never, you know, sometimes we had fast food, but, I mean, it's inevitable, you know, in the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. When you're traveling or doing things, like you said, but she would come home and cook us, you know, a vegetable, a a meat that she bought at the grocery store, and no one would think that it would have everything that I've come to find out that it has in it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's just uh, we think we're eating healthy even when you buy those things from the grocery store that, that look healthy. You know, it's not out of a package mm-hmm. or, or anything like that. And you still, it's um, we find out later that it's it's been poisoned, basically. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it kind of me, took me down the same path. So what kind of uh, what kind of things are you doing on your homestead uh in particular that would you would think have kind of set you free from that uh, that lifestyle of just eating out of the grocery store and, and eating the unhealthy foods? Well, we're, we, like I said, we just recently moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually are, just started a family farm. Um, like we just bought the business licenses for it and all that, you know, stuff that you have to do. But what we did at our old home set was just for ourselves. We mm-hmm. had a garden. We had a hoop house, and we had a garden outside of the hoop house. Um, we had bought two twin does, so we could eventually use them for milk to make our own milk um, or have our own raw milk, cheese. Of course, we've had chicken mm-hmm. for eggs and for meat. Um, here, we're pretty much doing the same thing, but we've just expanded it so we can share that with other families. 
you know, mm-hmm. at a reasonable cost. Because, right. um, you know, cost is an issue when you go grocery shopping. It is. And for a lot of families. So we oh, yeah. want to try to provide, um, you know, non-GMO chicken and eggs is our main focus. But we're also going to be making, you know, homemade products like soaps and um, I'm big with essential oils. So anything mm-hmm. like face products, um, you know, just things like that. that can, we can just get into this local community that can help other people. And other people are looking for it here. They mm-hmm. are. There's just nothing really. The town we moved to has 150 people. <laughs> Definitely but, a small town living, huh? Yes, it's very rural, but we're on 45 acres, so we have plenty of land to do what we want to do. And it's just that, like, we had even called a couple feed places. We wanted non-GMO food. And at our old house, we were forced to purchase more than half the time stuff from, like, tractor supply. And sometimes you have to. You don't Mm -hmm. have a choice. You know, we didn't have a choice. So... But, again, it goes back to what the doctor said. Whatever goes into those animals is what goes into your body. Yeah, that's something we've even experienced around here. You know, we have some small animals, and and do a lot of rabbits especially. And, uh, you know, you you feed them the pellets from the feed store, and it's you're feeding your food unhealthy food. And uh, ultimately, you know, you're going to eat that. And, uh, you know, so I've got into growing fodder and things like that to to supplement and feed the animals. And, you know, that's good for chickens and, and goats things like that as well so yeah you want to you want to feed your animals in a healthy way so it makes the meat and uh, more healthy and and get away from that now i am interested though is you said you moved to another small town is are you finding it the case that even in this small town people still aren't growing their own food and they're not they're still living a more uh uh, city-like lifestyle not really where we live. Um, we haven't really, you know, gotten out much. My husband does work part-time in town, um, so they kind of live the more city life there. But where we are, if you drive by, you can see, you know, it's kind of hard because it was we've had a few snowstorms. Mm-hmm. But you can see before the snowstorms that they had plowed some fields. There's a lot of grass-fed beef in this area. Oh, that's good. Not a lot of chickens, which is why we wanted to do chickens. Mm-hmm. Um so it looks like where we live, they're doing it, but they do have a feed mill in town, and that's where we had first called and said, you know, do you have non-GMO, you know, chicken feed? And she was like, no, we don't, but there's, we're looking into it because there's such a demand for it. People call and ask for it all the time. Well, that's so, good that you might be able to get like, that, right. So we got it. it. We just had to pay to have it shipped with the truck with the lift gate and all that stuff. We mm-hmm. got it from up up north in Virginia, a couple hours away, and they delivered it. So we do have it. But it just showed us, too, that there are people, even in this area, looking for it. Mm-hmm. And a couple um, of farms that we saw, we believe they are probably GMO. They're very large. It looks like they grow a lot of corn. Mm-hmm. And then when my husband was talking to the one seed lot, she had said more and more people are looking for the non-GMO. But a lot of the farms around here are GMO because they were forced to grow that to make a living. Yeah, yeah, that's I was that's what I was going to bring up. Even though you're in an area, there's not a lot of people, and even if there, it's a more rural uh, place where people are growing their own food. What you tend to find out sometimes is is people are still not living an organic lifestyle. They're still growing the GMO. They're still using the pesticides and the herbicides. And, and, uh, it, and I think mostly it's just because they don't know any better. Or they're being forced to, or they're you being know, forced it's, to. It's yeah. one of the two. And I think around here, what we were told, it's very old fashioned here. It's very kind of like a step back into time. Actually, our new house, is in a pre-Civil War tobacco plantation. So we've got, like, old tobacco curing barns mm-hmm. on our new property and things like that. But um, from what the person on the phone said to my husband was that it used to be like that. Everyone just kind of grew everything for themselves, and then everything just took over, and, you know, just they're being forced to grow it because that was the demand, and that's the only way they can make a living. And when mm-hmm. you take these farmers who used to grow that, my grandfather used to be a farmer in Florida back when I was 
a young child, and I remember he used to grow everything organically. He did cows, tomatoes. He was a big tomato farmer and stuff like that back in the 80s. And I just remember him saying before he passed away just how much things were going to change because the government was going to step in and pay farmers to grow certain things he didn't want to grow. And at the time, that meant nothing to me. You know, I was like, what? (laughs) But it makes sense. Oh, yeah. where we live, it's very rural, and they farm their whole lives, and if they want to keep providing for the family, they have to do what they're paid to do. Mm-hmm. So is there like a, a farmer's market that you're planning on selling at, or, or are you just going to sell from your house? We're going to sell from our house mm-hmm. and at farmer's market. Mm-hmm. We um, Actually, there's a lot of farmer's markets around that we found, probably about 15 within a 50-mile radius. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, which is really good. It shows me that more and more people are looking for them, that there are actually small towns doing them, Yeah. which excites me. And then, you know, the property that we have has an extra house on it with heat and electric, and we eventually want to make that into a farm store oh, where great. people can come and buy chicken and eggs at a less expensive price because we don't have to drive to a farmer's market mm-hmm. and, you know, have all that cost involved. So. What's great about the farmers markets too? That many in the areas, you know, it, it's you don't have to grow everything yourself. Uh, you can pick a few things that you you're going to specialize in, and then and then everybody can kind of benefit from everybody in the community that way. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. You know, yeah. we just got here, so it's still new to us, but mm-hmm. that's what we're hoping. Just yeah. everyone works together, and that's what we've heard they like to do around here. And it's just you know, small, old time, and yeah, sound I like, like the house. Sound, sound like you accidentally landed in a real good location. <laughs> For the second time, right? The second and again, time, I don't right. recommend that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do not recommend that. That's, that's a good policy, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to try that because I don't think it'd work out as well for me, I don't think. I know. My best friend, she's always like, are you crazy? Are you? Have you not seen it? And we're like, no, but it just feels right. And that's, I've always kind of been like that my whole life, kind of just spontaneous. And my husband is too, so it was kind of like it's something. We've been looking for like a year. We knew we wanted to move somewhere. We didn't know where. Um, we didn't really care where, um, as long as it didn't snow like 300 days a year. <laughs> you didn't want to go to and like so we, Minnesota or anything. <laughs> well, I tried. He said no, and now I see why, because it's just, you know, born and raised in Florida, the both of us. I can deal with snow a little bit, but not, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. But, right. you know, and then I was just, I found this place online. I was like, oh, this is too good to be true. You know, I'm on the real estate site. So I'm like, no, no, no. So I pass it off. And then I have a friend, Jenna. She's actually another blogger from the flip-flop barnyard. Mm-hmm. And she's actually here in Virginia. And she was looking. And I, she sends me this link. And I look at it. And it's the same exact one that I tossed to the side. I'm like, all right, let me just call the real estate company. And it is what it is. Hmm. And it just worked out from there. That's great. <laughs> how, how many acres did you get there? We have 45.2. Oh, wow. So you yep. took a big step up then, huh? Oh, yeah. One acre in Florida to 15 in South Carolina to 45 here. Wow. Yeah, that's uh... – now, is it wooded or is it mostly fields or – It's mostly fields. They had – since it was an old tobacco plantation, the soil is supposed to be really, really good here. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been used in a while. Um they did clear the land for us before we moved in, so we could just jump right into what we were doing and get started. So nothing has been grown here in a while. That's good. It was, there's a family it was, that had lived here for over 100 years, and back in, I want to say the 50s, it sold to someone else who made parachutes here, <laughs> and then we got it. And no one's lived here for a couple of years. Well, I'm and, sure it'll take a lot of work to get it the way you want it over the next few years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've already planned for that, you know. Yeah. We're in the midst of building electric fencing now, at least to keep the animals in. But the gardening part, it's going to take, you know, a couple of years to get everything to perfectly sure. the way we want it. Yeah, definitely. Well, it sounds like you got something great to work with, though. Yeah, we've been blessed with that, so I definitely can't complain very much, huh? 
Well, I have to ask you, what uh, what moved you to uh, start a blog and uh, start documenting all your uh, homesteading journey? It was actually a few of my friends. Um, you know, just my mom was like that neighborhood mom. Mm-hmm. So all of my friends from high school and college, like that would go home with me from college for the holidays, they all knew her. Like everyone just loved her. It was like they were her mom. And... You know, my mom died. She was a young mom. I mean, I'm 33. I'm almost 34. But my mom died in 2012. She was only 50 years old. Mm. And there's six of us. So I have, and I'm the second oldest. So Mm. I have, our littlest one just turned 22. And, you know, I just, once I started realizing this stuff and, you know, just self-educating myself on it, I would just randomly say something literally on Facebook or something, and my friends would were like, you need to start a blog. And I'm like, no, that's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> it is I'm a lot of work. Going on. Did it, did it, isn't it? I never knew. I never knew. And I'm so thankful for all the bloggers because I just never knew. But that's really what started it. We're like, you should just start documenting it and, you know, just share the stuff that you have found out. And that's what made me start the blog. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great blog. I've spent some time on it, kind of reading some articles and uh, and checking it out. You got some good stuff on there, and I, you're really busy on Facebook as well. You share a you share a lot of other um, articles from other blogs on Facebook a lot. That I would love to take credit for, but I have a virtual assistant that does that part for me. I was gonna say you're you're on there a lot. I see a lot of posts pop up. <laughs> yeah, she's really good. She does the share links, and I do everything else that's kind of personal. Like mm-hmm. today, I posted a couple of personal things with pictures and then self updates. But she does the link shares for me, just because with everything going on, I just didn't have the time. And but I wanted to share with other people things that I found out mm-hmm. that were, you know, the same thing and I didn't really have the time to do. So she schedules the link shares for me on Facebook and I do my own personal stuff on Facebook and I do the rest of my own social media. Sure. I was wondering, you say you're moving. I was thinking, well, that takes a lot of time to, to do what you were doing. <laughs> I thought, well, and, and I actually got an email from your virtual assistant the other day, so I knew you had one, so I thought that might right. be the case, but <laughs> I, I do know yeah, I do notice that though that you you pop up in the feed a lot on Facebook, so I thought it might well, be. Well, I guess that's a good thing, right? Oh, no, it's so a very it's good thing. It's great it's, articles. It's I clicked working. on clicked on them several times, and there's a lot of good stuff there. So yeah, um, where where did the name the Easy Homestead come from anyway? Because it's been my experience that there's not a lot of things on the homestead that are real easy. <laughs> I'm just wondering where you got that there's name. There's <laughs> nothing easy about homesteading. I will say that, and that's kind of one thing that bothers me from like city friends is because like today I just spent four hours fermenting vegetables that's what Mm. we did today and you know I have friends that are like oh I wish I had the time for that and I'm like wait what you wish that like they seem to think that farming is us like sipping sweet tea in a rocking chair in my front porch watching the animals feed themselves (laughs) right what? No, I have to make time to do this. Like, we make everything almost from scratch. I can't just go buy it at the store. There's nothing easy about it. But that made me choose the easy homestead was we're very frugal, and we try to, we never buy anything brand new. Mm-hmm. And we just try to reuse everything that we can find. So that's why we want like the easy homestead. Okay. It's just, we, we try to just make it easy even though, you know, it's not, <laughs> but it's, it's just, I wanted something that would capture, you know, people's attention and just kind of show what we do. We're all about reusing and recycling rather than buying new. Yeah, you have some, uh, you have a great uh, page on there of just uh, kind of a do-it-yourself uh, products and things around the house. I thought it was really uh, nice that you've put that together for folks. And it will grow. It yeah, will definitely grow here. So you, you have quite a bit on there. I don't. I don't know how many uh, articles you have, but there's a lot on there already of, of things you have to to kind of. Uh, most of it's household stuff, I think. Uh, making your right. own stuff around the house and it, it, very useful stuff, though. Very useful information. Well, thank you. I know we have our our two most popular ones. There are our laundry detergent and our asthma spray, because yeah. believe it or not, my husband is allergic to straw. Wow. 
somehow, really. Yeah, we found that out. He had a kid and it went away, but it really triggers it. And he didn't have medication one day. And I used essential oil, so I ripped up something really quick and it just stopped it. So we were like, okay, we'll keep a bottle of this because we have to have some straw in the barn for certain things. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to switch over to hay. But in the meantime, you know, I'm stuck doing the straw because I don't want him to go through that. But it's really practicality that makes me, you know, think of things like that. Sure. Yeah, it's pretty handy. I like I said, you have a lot on there, uh, stuff that's uh, that, that's interesting. You know, stuff I wouldn't even think about making around the house or whatever. And you you, you do push the essential oils a lot too. You, I, I see you're pretty fond of those. And that was a new thing. That's a new thing oh, for really? me too that I got into after my mother died because mm-hmm. the doctor even said he basically said what was really interesting was his choice for not eating these to use chemo except for an extreme condition mm-hmm. only to try to change the diet but doctors aren't trained to treat this they're trained to treat the symptoms mm-hmm. not the issue or you know the problem to fix the whole and he said that with a lot of dietary changes if people just came to him sick in the first place and he should do that he wouldn't even recommend the chemo yeah, because that's... it just kills everything in the mm-hmm. body he said All right yeah and that was my experience with it as well i kind of made that decision as well i they had me signed up for like a year of uh of chemotherapy and i'd done uh, i think three of them and it was just it was just brutal and uh mm-hmm. you know it just it's it feels like it's killing like you said your whole body you know and uh and i just decided you know what i'm just gonna eat healthy make some lifestyle changes and uh try to go that route and you know i just i quit the chemo and uh you know that's been three years ago so i mean you know, wow. there's a there's a, always a chance of it coming back but there would be with the chemo as well you know right he did say that most people the cancers return within five mm-hmm. years that's of the five-year window right mm-hmm. yeah and my mom was getting chemotherapy and radiation Oh, yeah. because it was so bad and mm-hmm. so i just can't even you know imagine it just gives me the chills and she was so young yeah and it just killed me. Yeah, but I was, I'm so I was happy diagnosed for it. you, though. Hello, oh, you quit the chemo and did it? That's amazing. Yeah, I, I just I quit it. Yeah, it was a, yeah, I just, a stage three cancer, and I was 39 years old when I was mm-hmm. diagnosed, so pretty young, you know, for, for that. And, uh, yeah, I just decided to make that change and take the risk. And, uh, you know, I had the surgery. I had the surgery and had it removed. So it was, you know, right. even the doctor said, you know, you can kind of go either way with it. You know, it, it, we could, you know, I've seen it people not do the chemo and it work out all right for them and you know it could go the other way as well and i said well you know after a couple uh, i guess it was like i said three uh three uh, times taking it i was like yeah this is this is pretty rough stuff well yeah it's just i i mean i don't know what it feels like i just remember my mom just mm. being like it's the most awful awful stuff you'll ever have to go through yeah. you know yeah, it's pretty rough, but uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm glad to see that you're making the lifestyle changes, and and not only that, I mean, you're you're raising your your kids with those lifestyle changes, and you're even uh, conveying that to other people through your blog and and trying to help others uh, make those kind of lifestyle uh, choices that will you know be a little healthier for them as well. And I, I imagine that's part of your motivation for the blog that you're trying to help others to make that kind of a choice to live a little healthier. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm, totally. It's, you know, watching your mom die when she's 50 years old. And my mom was, like, my whole life. Like, seriously. She was my mom when I was younger. But once I went to college, she literally became my best friend. Like, we would literally talk, like, seven to ten times a day. Even <laughs> if it was just for ten seconds. You know, and then not having that anymore for something that possibly could have been prevented just mm-hmm. from what we're putting into our bodies yeah. is really, really tough, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, you you know, it's really. Uh, I think a lot of people are waking up uh, to the, mm-hmm. the problems with our food because it's it's really spawning a big movement. Uh, you know, with people starting to make these kind of choices. You know, start eating healthier, start buying organic foods, um, staying away from this pesticide soaked uh, stuff from the produce section and the hormone induced uh, meat out of the meat department. You know, and and. Uh, that's what it's going to take, I think, and it's it's not going to happen in one generation either. It's probably going to take a few generations yeah. uh, to make. But people are waking up. Yeah, and I think just so. the fact, like, you know, I said when we called around to the local feed 
company asked if they had non-GMO seed, and she was like, no, but we keep getting more and more calls for mm-hmm. it. That shows me that people are waking up, you know, and it just something has to happen. I just don't even understand, and it just it makes me irate when I even think about it. Like, why is this even allowed? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know where where we got that far off track. It's it's a little strange, but uh, I don't but, either. Yeah, but, and you know, cancer was so rare. I mean, it was still around. Mm-hmm. You're never going to eradicate any disease, no matter what you do. And cancer was still around you know, with our great great grandparents, but it was hardly heard of. And now it's like one in five mm-hmm. women and one in four men will have cancer right. in their lifetime. Like that's crazy. Yeah, there. Like if my own family. Uh, I don't know of anybody in my entire family that's ever had cancer ever, you know, so to say it's in, you know, they'll try to pawn it off a lot of times. It's a family thing or it's just in your genes or whatever, but, uh, it's my pretty, mom was the first. Yeah. I was, I was the first in my family to, to ever have that problem. And, uh, you know, and I had no doubts it was from the lifestyle. As soon as I found out about it, I was, you know, I thought, yeah, it's, it's this lifestyle living on the road and, and eating out a couple times a day. And, you know, I had no doubt in my mind and, and the doctors really? confirmed See, that just, for me, you know, it just caught me off guard. But what I love is that your doctor knew it people because mm-hmm. most of them won't say that. Like my mom's oncologist was like, it's not even the doctor's fault. They're forced to do this. They're forced to do that. They're only trained to do this. He actually said that in the seven years they're in medical school, they only take one nutrition class. Mm-hmm. So they don't even know how to help their patients with a diet. And then it dawned on me, whole my life I've been going to the doctor, and not one doctor said, well, what do you eat at home? Yeah. What do you, you know, why are you feeling this way? Or why are you always sick? Or not one person, or you know, the, until I actually yeah. found a doctor that did. But. You know, the extent of it is, well, you just need to eat more vegetables. Not even really realizing yes. that that doesn't quite fix it <laughs> the vegetables that we're getting at the store are, are part of the problem exactly exactly yeah. it's just scary to me for the people that don't know and the people that don't care it just, and there are people that you know one of the things i think that until it happens to enough people whether it's themselves a family member or a friend are mm-hmm. people to open their eyes because they're just so i mean i was blind to it sure never knew you know, until it happens to someone close to them, I don't think people will really, you know, take a look. But it's happening to so many people that that's happening. Right. And I think what you're doing with your blog and, and, and what I'm trying to do as well is bring some awareness to the to the problems and, and not just bring awareness to the problems, but also offer the solutions. You know, talk about mm-hmm. what's what you, what you should be doing, you know, uh, to make it better. And because uh, there are a lot of people that talk about the problems, but don't offer the solutions, you know. Right. And uh, I think what you're doing there is with your blog is is exactly what it, a lot of people are doing it, and but I think it's a lot exactly what we need to see more of as well. Uh, a big movement to try to bring people into that kind of lifestyle, and not everybody can live that lifestyle, which you know is why I like farmers markets and things because if you can't grow it yourself, right. you can go get it. You know, right? Uh, and that was our goal too. And thank you for saying that about you know, my blog and everything, but that's our goal too, is just to bring that stuff to these people here that can't do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We can do it for you. Exactly. You know, so that's just our whole, kind of we moved here too, you know, where we were wasn't big enough to do what we, not to do a family farm for ourselves. Exactly. I mean, of course, but mm-hmm. I want to help other people so they don't have to go through what I went through. Sure. And, you know, what my... Really, it's my little brother and sister that went through. You know, yeah. she lost her mom at 19. At least mm-hmm. I had two of my three children with my mom right there. She'll right. never experience that, you know, and that just really just gets me every time. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I understand that. Well, you're, it sounds like you're doing what you're not just sitting on your hands doing nothing, you know, and that's that's important, you know, and there's so many people do that. You know, they just they talk about it but they're not doing anything. And I'm happy Mm -hmm. to see that you're doing something. You and your family have made some choices and you're saying, you know what, we're not just going to talk about it. We're not going to think about it. We're going to actually go do something. I I think that's great. Well, thank you. It's just, you have to. Well, what kind of, uh, a little bit lighter twist here, what kind of things you thinking in the future uh, on your homestead, uh, things you're going to be getting into or, um, I would like to get into, um, sheep or 
kind of breeding sheep and selling lamb. Don't know if my husband's really too set on that. <laughs> um, talk him into it, I'm sure. <laughs> of course, talk him into all of this. I think. I mean, at least that's what I like to think in my head. <laughs> um, you know, it's just we can't really find that around here. So I think that's another way for our family to make money and mm-hmm. then stay home and farm. You know, and it's all about you know finding ways to for my husband to stay home. I couldn't do it without him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of work. So, you know, just trying to think of different, you know, income streams to farm with that allows them to stay here and help. But um, we're definitely doing pigs, and we've never done pigs before, and we're getting those next month. Well, that'll be an adventure. It will be, and that's another reason we're putting the electric in. <laughs> because they like to get out. Yeah. So, yeah. but, you know, it's, and I'm one of those people that likes to do everything at once. And my husband's like, no, you you can't do it that way or you'll be so overwhelmed to quit. Like, you yeah. can't do it. So, pick two things, and then if they go well, we'll do them next year and add something else. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's and good. you said that you've done meat rabbits. I'd love to do that, too. Yep, yeah, i got rabbits. And the other, they're easy. That's what I like about them. <laughs> and it's, it's a healthy meat. And, uh, you know, it's just very easy to take care of. So, yeah, it's a good thing to get into. And, and uh, it's it's funny, though. It, there's a there's kind of a stigma with eating rabbits that people just are so cute and fluffy that people don't think about <laughs> eating them. <laughs> well, but, but it's a healthy meat. It is healthy meat. It's yeah. very healthy. And so is duck. We're thinking about doing right. duck, actually, too. So. Yeah, I think that'd be yeah, that'd be a real good livestock to get into as well. Well, you got you got some plans then, and I'm glad to hear your, your husband slowing you down a little bit, not letting you jump in and everything <laughs> at once. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't for him. I, I don't even know. I'd probably have this huge thing I don't know what to do with. Be but. out of control, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's me, and he's the, he's the calm one, and I'm the, let's do this, let's do this. So. <laughs> well, we the, even each other out, which I think is a good thing. Sure. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of more like you in that too. I want to just get into things. And my wife's always slowing me down and saying, "Hey, let's well, just see, take it you easy. You make a good team. <laughs> that's it's right. Perfect. That's what you got to have. You got to have somebody to balance you out. So it's perfect. Well, well, do you have any advice for folks who are uh, kind of wanting to live the homesteading lifestyle, or you know, maybe those who are already just getting started into it? Uh, yeah, not, not doing not what you did. <laughs> yeah, just. Start big life me. Start, you know, and you can sit in an apartment. Like, you don't have to have all this land. You mm-hmm. can ferment your own vegetables, which provides the free probiotics and everything else right. that your body needs. It cleans your gut. You can do kombucha, kefir, all that stuff mm-hmm. in an apartment. You can grow container vegetables on your porch in an apartment. And I'm very empathetic because I've lived in an apartment for a very long time before I had all this land. So it's possible. And you don't have to do everything yourself, you mm-hmm. know. you If you're growing the vegetables, you could maybe trade them. You know, find a milkshare or whatever your state allows. Just find something and start somewhere. Oh, absolutely. If it's cutting out, you know, the produce from the grocery store and only buying at farmer's markets, start there. And once you've mastered that and fit that into your budget, then move on to something different. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. Yeah. And one thing at a time, too. I think that's just real important. You know, just if people get so overwhelmed, you know, if they try to take on too much. I, I think the very first thing I ever did, we just started baking our own bread. <laughs> we just we made a few loaves yes, of bread. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah, it's, it's such a simple huge. little thing. But it, it just kind of, you know, we already had a garden, a little, a little uh, salad garden, you know, and, and just kind of started from that. And then, you know, it just it's amazing once you start doing it. You do one thing, and then you'll start doing a whole bunch of different stuff, just one after another. bread's a great one. It yeah. really is. Because if you look at the ingredients from a bread bag, I'm like, that's not bread. And it doesn't even taste good once you make your own bread. You will never want to eat it again. Like, it, you know, it doesn't taste good. So yeah, just something, start. Something that amazed me about bread was that I realized once when I would make my own from fresh ingredients is how much quicker it would actually mold than the stuff you'd buy from the store. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that just made yeah. me realize just how many preservatives and things were probably put into that to, you know, to help. Or that out. your ingredient list to make yours is probably five to seven, where it, it takes like a quarter of the bag mm-hmm. on the bread bag to list them. And yeah, that's my my that's my second piece of advice would to be to learn to decipher ingredients, and that's where it really hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I did that by watching documentaries on Netflix, like um, Food Inc., Ingredients was mm-hmm. a great one. Just, just a bunch of random different documentaries and reading different books when I had the time that made me learn to decipher them. And once you learn to decipher them, you really realize that a lot of stuff on the shelf is not good for you, and you'll find alternatives for it. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have those resources like Netflix and stuff to just kind of inspire you and help you and things. That's kind of why I try to do this podcast, too, because I think that when people hear other people doing it and, and, and they get inspired to do it themselves, and I, I think you're right about the, like the, the Netflix uh, documentaries and things on that. It, very inspiring. And I love that you do this with the podcast. And let me just tell your listeners, because I, like I said, my grandparents had a farm, but my grandfather died in middle school, so, and I was only there, you know, a couple of weekends a month. My mother was the ultimate city person that wore all the name brands. I was a world traveler as a small <laughs> child and a kid. I did not grow up doing this. Mm-hmm. So it's possible for anybody to do. Right. Yeah. You know, I was on vacation twice a month as a kid with my mother, it, you know, on a cruise with her main way of having fun we didn't live the farming lifestyle and stuff so it's it's possible for anyone to do and mm-hmm. you don't have to get you know full flesh to do it just start with one thing right that's it. absolutely that's great advice I, and that's what it, like i said you're you're trying to inspire people to do that i'm trying to inspire people to do that i know there's many out, others out there that are trying to do that and um you know, I, I, I hope it's uh, contagious. I, I see it being that way. You know, I, I see a lot of people really jumping on the on this movement. And, oh, it is. And I hope it's not just a movement anymore. I hope it becomes right. the new. It's so funny that I hope it becomes the new normal because it used to be the normal. Right. But now yeah. it's not. And that's what's funny to me. Right. They didn't call it, uh, you know, uh, I think about that all the time. They didn't really call it homesteading in the sense that we think about it or, or even right. or even prepping. You know, people use the word prepper all the time if you're making some of your own stuff and storing it up. And that was just life a few years ago. Right. You know? That's how we needed to live. Right. You grew it in your backyard. And, you know, if you go through people's Facebook see where – like the government used to place ads in newspapers that they want you to have your own chickens. And, you know, mm-hmm. it just makes me laugh because yeah. actually my husband's best friend helped us move. And he's a city boy. And I was making breakfast. And I all, I know that he loves over eating. He's like, I can't eat them. You have to make them for me, you know, just, just scramble them all up. I'll eat them. And he's like, I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? And he's like, I don't know, just the thought of, and your animals are so clean and they're so awesome and I know they eat good food but just knowing where they come from freaks me out but yet (laughs) when he was here all he he drank probably three cases of diet Mountain Dew Mm -hmm. and he's had cancer before but you're afraid to eat the eggs that just shows how disconnected we are than we were 100 years ago and that makes me and that's you know you you were talking earlier about the Netflix documentaries I've seen some documentaries you know of, of kind of seeing where your food comes from. And if you want to just turn, you really have to turn a blind eye to the fact that when you buy something in a store, people just are blown away that you can kill your own animals and eat them. But if they seen the way that, you know, these animals are raised and treated, I mean, it's so much more ethical uh, to, to grow your own and, and, and uh, you know, butcher it yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like I've heard it said a lot, you give it a great life and one bad day, you know, where there's ones that are in factory raised, their entire life is just horrible. Yeah, it's bad. Mm-hmm. And I think if people just do more research, then, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. But E. coli 157, I think that's mm-hmm. one, that doesn't exist in nature, in grass-fed cows. That's only a feedlot species. Right. I found that out through self-education. So mm-hmm. that right there should tell you something. But all the regulations they put on uh, on uh, <laughs> uh, anybody that's growing their own food, it really doesn't. It, it really didn't it fix. It doesn't fix the problem at all because the 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 where the problem came from, uh, they don't really have to hold to those regulations. <laughs> exactly. We have to find actually just to get certain business licenses here. We have to find different waivers and inspections for this and doing this and doing that and i'm mm-hmm. just like are you kidding me like i've seen what a feedlot is and that's okay yeah exactly yeah just turning, turning a blind eye 50 yeah. chickens on 10 acres like it moved every single day is not okay like 
Yeah. What? Yeah. So you're going to be uh, pasture raising your chickens, your meat birds? Yes. And nice. we will have the uh, the egg chickens in like an egg mobile, and they'll get moved every day, you know, with the poultry and any inside of the electric company. But they're going to be all pasture, not GMO. That's great. Yeah. Kind of like a Joel Salatin system. He is the reading material. On our nightstand. <laughs> exactly. It's great stuff, isn't we it? We <laughs> literally read to each other at night, and I know that might take people by surprise because, I mean, we're fairly younger. He's 32, I'm 33, but we literally, if we're not so tired by the time we get to bed, we have his books on our nightstand, and we'll read them to each other. <laughs> you know, And it just kind of gives you a little oomph, you know, because sure. he wrote these back in the 90s. It's yeah. almost like he had a crystal ball and could see it, you he, know? He has inspired a lot of people to... to to raise their animals that way and, and farm that way. Yeah, he's been a great, a great he's gift to that. He's only a couple hours from our new house. Oh, so really? we're hoping, yeah, so we're, he's in Virginia. He's up north of us, and we're right on, like, the North Carolina-Virginia line in Virginia. And so we're hoping that maybe one of my sisters, if you're listening, will come up and watch <laughs> the carriage so we can go up and, because he does, you know, you can come tour his farm. And he was our main inspiration for a little chicken. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and eventually pork. So, yeah, yeah, he he's he's got it he's got it down pat. Really, he's been doing it a long time, and uh, and uh, he boy, just to hear him talk, I've heard him speak a few times. On, you know, watch some videos and things with him, and he's very inspiring. And he, mm-hmm. I think more than anything, he just has a lot of common sense. <laughs> yes, and that's all it is. If it people is, would it? just listen, it's common sense, and that's what got me. You know, I'm not. I'm an educated woman, you know, and I still didn't know any of this. Like, but then once I started, when I first heard about it, like, I was like, what? You know, again, it took me by surprise. But then once I started listening, it is common sense. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's like, how did we never see this before? You know? Because it became convenient for people. Absolutely. That's what the whole thing is. It's convenience. Like you said, you know. You're out there driving trucks, so you stop for fast food. It's convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. Sometimes we have to stop for fast food. Yeah. And you know what? We, I don't think anything occasionally is really that bad. It's when you make a lifestyle out of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when we leave our house, if we want to eat somewhere, we're like, oh, my God, let's check the ingredient list now. Because if we know in our home, 95% of the time we're eating okay, like occasionally on Fridays, we might have a pizza or something, you know, we pick up mm-hmm. and bring to the house. But we figure it, in our house, for 95% of the time, if we can make and, and grow and do our own foods, then when we go out, which is hardly ever, but still we, you know, went to a pizza place when we first got here. And we weren't checking the ingredient list, but mm-hmm. like you said, it's a balance. Right. Yeah. If you yeah. keep it mostly out of your home, then you're good to go. Sure. Yeah. Anything you can overdo anything, you know, and and right. and, uh, and, and anything in moderation is, you know, it, a light moderation is is not horrible for you. I mean, it's never great for you, but you know, our bodies are are. I mean, you look at uh, the way we have been eating for <laughs> decades now, a few decades right. now, and and uh, if it was. If our bodies weren't fairly resistant, we put, probably wouldn't make it to our 20s, you know. So, I mean, we, we can well, handle it occasionally. Living in the world we live in, I can't – I'm not in New York City or something. If, if I'm out with my kids and we happen to be out two hours past lunchtime, where am I not supposed to feed my kids? Like, I have to make the healthiest choice that I can with what I'm offered at the mm-hmm. time. Right. But I don't beat myself up over it right, because right. I know at home we're doing the best we can do. Sure, and I think that's – you know, if if everybody did that, I think it would just it would just change the world. You know, if we just all did something. You know, if everybody would, you know, I know everybody can't, but if everybody could have a a four by eight raised bed salad garden in their yard, you know, I mean, it would make an uh, amazing difference in people's lives. Well, it made yeah, and I agree. And just watching those food documentaries, and just, I always say if. USDA or someone approves it to look for another option. <laughs> and <laughs> I do just because it's just like, if you look at our practices compared to other countries, like over in Europe, they get off work every day. They go to the butchered chicken that was freshly butchered. Their eggs are never washed and they grow mm-hmm. stuff on their balconies and that's their meal. Yeah. That's why their refrigerators 
are so tiny. It's like a mini fridge for us here yeah. because they buy fresh food almost every single day. Yeah. We don't do that here. So yeah. that's where the problem lies. It's, it's fresh food. Yeah. Like you said earlier, it's a, Americans live a lifestyle of convenience. <laughs> it's whatever's yep. easiest for me to do. That's what I'm going to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I lived it. And, and it yeah. makes sense. But then you have to just stop. Like, you know, yeah. you just have to stop. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to change, I mean, you have to stop, and 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 I think people are seeing that something's got to change. Something has to change, or at least I'm hope, I hope they see it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do too. Listen, when I, you know, three, four years ago, I was going to the grocery store, and I would just eat my family processed foods would have mm. to spend two hundred and fifty dollars a week. Do you know how much when, you know, our gardens in full swing, making our own meat, we spend like $60 a month wow. on food. And that's just to get, you know, the staples, like 50 pound bags of flour and coconut oil and you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are literally working. I, I just don't understand what's going on. Like they literally get up, they go to work to pay for a house they're never in to buy food that's unhealthy for them. Yeah, I lived that I don't, for many it's years. It's like a cycle <laughs> that I just, I just, I've woken up to it, and it's yeah. just like, wait, what? I used to be a teacher. I used to teach middle school. Mm. So, you know, I used to get up and do that, and I understand when you're tired and come home from work. But then now, then I started, okay, I got to spend half my Sunday making bread and doing this, so it's ready for the week. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's change. Sure. You have to change and make a new normal. Right. Yeah, for it absolutely. to be normal. I agree with you, and, and and I hope, like I said, I hope people are waking up to that and starting to want the change. And 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 you said it earlier; it may take a, a serious wake up call in their life uh, to make that happen. But what I hope is that they'll just, you know, they'll come across something that'll just they'll see it, they'll learn from other people going through that struggle rather than having to go through it themselves, and they'll make totally. the changes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, I won't keep you much longer. Uh, um, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, obviously, your website, which is the, the easyhomestead.com, easy or you can email me at Jen with one N J E N at the easyhomestead.com, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Or, as you can tell, I like to talk, so <laughs> I'm passionate about it. If I'm passionate about something, I will talk your ear off That's about correct. it. So, if you have any questions, I try. I answer every single email. You know, just. Jen at the easyhomestead.com is me. That's not my virtual assistant. She has a different email address for me. So if you email me, I'll, we'll get your email and I'll respond to it. Well, that obviously I want people to also follow you on Facebook because they will see a bunch of posts <laughs> of really good stuff, of really good stuff. I mean, it's it's good. I, I'm, Maybe it's good. What can I say? <laughs> definitely, because I, like I said, I, I click on many of those links uh, to some really good articles quite a bit. So, yeah, there's always a lot of good stuff popping up there. So, yeah, follow you on Facebook as well. Um, well, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. This has been great. Well, thank you so much. And uh, you just keep up the great work, and uh, I'll look forward to uh, all the great stuff you're going to be putting out. You, like I said, you, you got a great website. You're doing doing some fantastic stuff there, and uh, I hope you'll keep us up to date on 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 your blog on all the changes that are going to be taking place at your uh, new homestead. I know there's a lot. So stay tuned. Thanks so much, Harold. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Tomorrow.